Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to episode 383 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, the TV show I'm continuing to watch, I try to think about sometimes what's the what's the best current show on TV. Obviously, you've got different things like we get box sets released of TV shows, but then you get your weekly ones from like, you know, Sky slash HBO, or you get your Apple TV shows. I probably put that to Barry at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had, well, episode six is out today, but I haven't seen that one yet. I think it's got eight for the season. Uh, which is the final season can't really talk too much about like what's going on in the show because there's some big spoilery stuff that's been happening but uh they did some interesting time kind of things on there uh, but still continues to just be really really good and is yet another one of those shows as an example of you know how prestige you can make a show in just 30 minutes or 35 at, at yeah. a stretch um and just have things you know quick and clean and very well paced and intense it's still just, you know, good old Barry. Uh, there's some interesting twists and turns with a couple of characters, a few choices that characters are making, and we're getting to that point as well because we're getting near the end game. Certain characters are making end game type of choices that makes sense right yeah so that's been very very interesting and there's uh yeah again a couple of timey wimey not not sort of doctor strange type things but yeah uh, some timey wimey things that are going on in a show that uh is very interesting i think i saw last night uh alan seppenwell posted his review for this week's episode obviously he gets screeners and that type of stuff for, for most shows and uh saw a couple of comments about like oh the, the show's gone a bit weird and that kind of stuff which which is the first of those types of comments i'd seen this season i've also seen some the comments about Ted Lasso about how it's like completely fallen off and I don't really understand that but right, it's fine yeah. I suppose a couple of shows that have gone interesting ways you know critically if you want to kind of call that but no, it's it's still just excellent. Uh, I'm very curious to see where they're going with this this other part that they've introduced <laughs> and where that's gonna where that's kind of going, and then how that relates back to what was going on before. So I've I've been very much enjoying that. What have you sort of you know seen about the show and that kind of stuff? Other than it's got a lot of critical acclaim, and uh, you know it's sort of a drama masquerading as a comedy, as I've sort of seen it presented. It's not something that I've actually picked up yet, and it's one of those that I think I'm going to wait until it all ends and then just kind of binge my way through it i think 
you know, at this point, I may as well do that. Mm. Um, I know it's been going down very well. It's interesting hearing those sort of comments about the final season. I mean, sometimes they do go off in odd directions for last seasons of shows. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe they've attempted something currently. And although you think it's going in a direction, there's a certain amount of uncertainty cause just because you don't know what the results are going to be of that. And sometimes audiences don't quite like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But some shows pull it off very, very well. So, yeah, that's got, yeah, just three episodes left. I'm very curious to see. So that's about an an hour and a half. Very curious to see where that's going to well, that's going to go. Another thing I've been doing, uh, it took me quite a long time to get through. I watched uh, Kadikarus, who's a YouTuber. Um, I've chosen him once for one of my month of positive creators episodes. He does, so how his format works is he works on like one big video per month. And when he has like, you know, some free time and stuff or a new game comes out that he's curious about, his patrons like vote on one one or two games and it sort of goes from there. So I've been playing through that and uh, there was like quite a lot of it. Um, one of the reasons it took quite long to get through at the very because you can't change difficulty on this game because some games you can do that ah and uh because he's very familiar with the original this is resident evil 4 he went oh yeah he, he just sort of on a whim in the moment and you could tell he regretted it immediately he was like oh yeah i know, I know resident evil 4 i'll play it on hardcore <laughs> um, and uh, he died quite a few times because yes. in order to change the difficulty you have to, I think you have to start the game again and right. he's not going to do that when he's you know doing doing a stream and stuff so there's other ele- elements as well like in this one you've got Ashley to take care of she's basically the premise is it's you know silly Resident Evil but the president's daughter who's called Ashley is in danger and you as, as Leon like this you know trained military guy are sent to safer and um you have to sort of you know those escort missions on games and you have to sort of oh she's in trouble you have to specifically get rid of the guy that's picked her up or something before he takes her off screen and you fail that part so there was lots of that and from what i understand and from what i've seen it, it it's a bit frustrating <laughs> so uh but they've added a couple of controls like you can i think you can make it so she's like closer to you or so she's like separates herself a bit just so right. you can manage that a bit more there was one point actually i think it was in one of the middle of his streams he was trying to snipe this enemy from really far away ashley was like trying to duck and uh i think he pressed the control for like loose interaction so she would be you know go, go away from him a bit more and she walked right into the line of fire and he he shot her and uh yeah <laughs> it's, it, i think it's rare that that can happen but still so that was uh that was kind of fun to go through that's um taken up quite a bit of time this week but because i finished dead space as basically what happened i finished dead space i really 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 enjoyed that a lot went to play resident evil 4 and basically i was playing a bit of resident evil 4 then watching a bit of him play it and then realized okay i'm just getting much more out of the experience of watching him so i'm not going to play the game and then i'm going to watch him just play the rest of it so that's um <laughs> yeah so basically the resident evil 4 time that i would have put in i was watching him play it instead so <laughs> yeah uh but that was that was good fun to finish that now so any thoughts on resident evil no i mean it's it's not my sort of game really i don't really yeah. do those those horror games the only real experience i've had of that is uh, I think we've recorded some stuff with the voice actors when they've done panels, um, MCM and some of the other comic cons. Nick and Genevieve, who the play Leon and Ashley in that, have done a number of uh, the panels. So that's really my only ex- only experience of the Resident Evil games. I think I might have played the first one when it originally came out years and years ago, and that's about mm. it. You know, it. I don't really do sort of horror games particularly. Especially so. that type of horror where yeah. it's like, you know, tentacles coming out of people's heads and yeah. you know, things Just- like that. 
Not so. my thing, really. So Other than that, obviously, there's a bunch of football at the moment. Um, just an update on that, if you're all curious. Uh, Southampton got relegated at the weekend. Um, so now it will either be Everton, Leicester, probably not Nottingham Forest, or Leeds. Obviously, there's there's two more relegation spots left. Everton, I think, are right down there, which would be a bit big surprise in that. Yeah. They've been in the Premier League for years. Leicester, who won the league, I think, in 2015, 16. Yes. Um, they actually won it before Liverpool did. Um, <laughs> and uh, Man City basically won the league because Arsenal lost and Man City won again. Haaland's got 36 goals in, in the league. Yeah, we're getting towards that point of the season as well. So, cool. That's what I've been up to. David, how about yourself? Continuing TV, Citadel and Silo are the two that I'm mainly watching at the moment. Uh, Citadel, I'm really enjoying. It's kind of big and dumb and fun. As I said last week, it's kind of Richard Madden's Bond audition tape, that show. It's a wonderfully fun silly sort of over-the-top action-adventure Piers Brosnan kind of 90s Bond level mm-hmm. silly. Very, very enjoyable that. Silo, which is on Apple TV+, Plus, really interesting sort of dystopian drama about this group of people that are trapped inside this silo and they're not entirely sure why they were there, but they're told the outside is all horrible and, and that's why they have to stay in the silo and it seems that possibly might not be the case. That, I think, has been a really, really interesting show as well. They're both ongoing series. Um, Citadel's on Prime Video and, and Silo's on Apple. Have you been watching either of those? I've seen a poster for Citadel, and that's it. Um, <laughs> I know you've spoken about it before. And Silo, I nearly started, but I just didn't quite uh, get around to doing that. So ah. I'm, I'm very curious about Silo. Yeah, Silo's definitely worth picking up. Really well-written, well-put-together. I think it's an adaptation of the book series up there with the sort of high quality Apple TV shows and they do that dystopian drama thing very, very well. Those are the sort of two ongoing shows I'm watching at the moment. Gaming wise, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'm finally after, well, it was released what, a month ago, something like that. Um, finally actually able to play it because it's finally been patched. It was still crashing after the patch, but weirdly, the graphic settings tell you to turn ray tracing off if you turn ray tracing on, it actually works much better. I think there's a bug in the graphics system to do with the ray tracing. And if you actually leave the ray tracing on, regardless of what your graphics card is, it does seem to run better with that on than it does off. I'm about 13 hours into that. Basically a continuation of the first game. Uh, it starts off with you following Cal, although he's now with a different group of people. The group that he was with at the end of the first game have sort of gone off in all their separate directions. The initial bit is kind of a mission that they're on to Coruscant. So you get to see sort of Coruscant in all its glory, which is really, really spectacular. It then moves on to you meeting up with some of the old faces for the first game, as well as introducing a bunch of new people as well. It's got a sort of feeling of the kind of, you know, Mass Effect 2, whereas there's some of your sort of old crew around, but you're also introducing new crew members. There's a certain amount of that going on. Once you get over that, the initial sort of introduction arc, it drops you on a planet and that planet appears to be sort of a central hub at the moment. I don't know how long it stays like that because I'm still playing around in that area, but they've got things like there's animal mounts you can ride, which I don't think were in the first game. All the lightsaber stuff works really, really well. Generally pretty enjoyable. Storyline is, is pretty solid. Tweaks here and there to, to how the combat system works, but, but you know, flows very, very nicely. Talking of you changing the um, difficulty level, you can actually do that on the fly in this game because there was one particular monster I came across and I kept on getting killed by it. So I just set it to story mode 
and the story mode basically removes any challenge out of the combat at all and it's like you can pretty much like one strike or two strike any enemy completely dead so i was just like look i just want to get past this and go on to like the next bit of the story so i ended up flipping it into story mode killing that and then flipping it back into like the Jedi mode <laughs> again afterwards <laughs> to just to get past that particular bit. So I, I rather like that when you can actually change the level whilst you're actually playing. It's quite useful. But yeah, now they have got some of the issues sorted out with it. The game overall, I think, does deserve a lot of the kind of 90% and stuff it's been getting. It's just, I wish they hadn't released it in such a broken state when they'd first released it. You've not picked this up yet, have you? No, I've not uh, not got to it yet, but I'm uh, excited to do so still. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll am i be on PS5 for it. I don't know what the status of the uh, like issues are on, on that. I know that PC was worse or something. I think the console versions had issues, but we're nowhere near as bad to the level of the PC version. Yeah. But it is running okay on PC for now for me. It's still not the best frame rate, but you know, it's it's certainly playable, which is good. In terms of new TV shows, two from Disney Plus this time around. Uh, they've actually been out for a little while, but I've only just got around to picking them up. One is not dead yet. Not Dead Yet is is a really interesting idea for a TV show, and it drops you into it fairly, fairly quickly. It is a sitcom. It follows a newspaper writer called Nell, and the basic opening headline, which they give you straight away, is that she had left a job five years ago working at this newspaper. She was on a pretty reasonable trajectory. She um, followed a boy to the UK, and her relationship with him has completely fallen apart. So she's come back to the US and gets a job back at her old newspaper. But the only job that she can get there is writing obituaries. So she gets stuck on this sort of beat of like writing these obituaries. And for reasons which haven't been explained at all, she starts seeing the people who she's writing the obituaries about. Their ghosts start haunting her. It becomes a sort of ghost of the week thing where each week the ghost is haunting her. Once she writes the actual obituary, the ghost disappears, and then you have a new ghost for the next episode. It's got Gina Rodriguez uh, from Jane the Virgin plays the lead in it, and uh, she's great, plays a wonderful sort of slight nerdy role in there. It's fun, it's funny, um, it's quite sweet, and really quite enjoyable. Worth going to pick up if you've not checked it out yet. The other one that I watched is Will Trent. Stars Ramon Rodriguez, who has been in things like The Wire and Iron Fist. Follows Special Agent Will Trent, who works at the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. His sort of background is that he was abandoned at birth and endured the harsh coming of age in Atlanta's overwhelming foster care system. He then goes on later in life to George Bureau of Investigations and is determined to use his unique point of view to make sure nobody is abandoned like he was and has the highest clearance rate in the GBI. There are elements of sort of Sherlock Holmes to that character in that he's highly perceptive and sees things that other people don't. It's also he's he's not liked very much by the rest of the police force in Georgia because he has just taken down a bunch of corrupt cops. So they've seen him as kind of a turncoat within the kind of overall police force. So you've got that sort of antagonism thing going on as well. He's partnered up with somebody who uh, it turns out that her mother was one of the people that was caught up in the uh, in that corruption case. 
So there's a lot of sort of butting heads there. One of those shows that I've only watched the opening episode so far, and I think there is potential there for it to be quite an interesting series. If you like things like Bull or Rookie, it's that sort of dramedy mix of comedy and drama, I think. I rather enjoyed the opening episode of that, so I think I will go and uh, watch a bit more of it. Both of those worth checking out if you've not looked at those yet. In terms of other things this week, it was Wales Comic Con this weekend, so I had really good fun. It was really great con. I know there were some issues behind the scenes with queues and photo ops and uh, from reading the boards, I know things got delayed and moved around. Not entirely the fault of Wales Comic Con. There was, of course, a train strike this weekend, which apparently meant that the crew, who are all volunteers, half the crew couldn't get there. So they were really understaffed. And I, I know there are sometimes issues with photos anyway and people running along and things. It's also to do with the guest list this time around as well, because they had a few really big names and things just got overrun and and all that sort of stuff so there, there were some issues on that side of things i i think i need to acknowledge that but overall the con itself i think i had a really really good time and i mean it was only really problems if you're queuing for autographs or photos i think because the main thing i go to wales comic con for is for panels uh and uh i i'm basically i turn up sit in the panel room and wait to be told whether i'm allowed to record the panels or not so some of them i am allowed to record and some of them i'm not one of them was for uh smallville it was a uh, Kirsten crook who played lana on smallville and she was lovely and did sort of half an hour panel so that is now up on our youtube channel you can go and check that out there was a panel with the some of the supernatural people it ended up being mark shepherd and samantha smith but Mark's obviously Crowley. Samantha plays Mary Winchester in the main show. They were fabulous. I mean, Mark is always brilliant, but that whole panel, it's about an hour long and wonderful. So really go and check that one out. It was supposed to have Genevieve and Jared Padalecki in that as well. And uh, I'm not sure why Genevieve wasn't up there. I think she may have gone home ill that day. Jared, I kind of suspected this was the reason, but I went downstairs afterwards to go and check out the main floor where they do all the signing and stuff. And um, Jared's queue, they have two big halls and Jared's queue was literally half of one of the halls. Um, poor lad was apparently there the show closed at 6 and he was there until 7pm that night signing autographs apparently (laughs) so such is the love for Jared and Supernatural still it was really great and I mean he was apparently really lovely to people but yes he was very very kind of just inundated with um, signing Uh, there was a panel for Vikings which was Lucy Martin who played Ingrid Clive Stunden who played Rollo and uh, Jordan Patrick Smith who played Ubi they were great and if you're into Vikings that one hasn't gone up just yet but by the time this goes out it should be up so uh, there's that one there was a panel with Firefly as well which was Nathan Fillion Jules Sait and uh, Sean Marler I have got about half of that panel on video there was a bit of a miscommunication about whether we were allowed to film that panel or not it turns out press were even though the general public weren't but I actually got asked halfway around by a crew member that didn't know that to turn the camera off. So I've got sort of half the panel on video, but I've got the whole audio of it. So I'm going to try and cobble cut something together for that. So that goes up. I also got the cosplay masquerade as well. So there should be a video for that going up. There were panels for uh, Flash Gordon, which was Brian Blessed, which I actually probably could have recorded, but decided not to because I've recorded Brian twice before. And if you've never seen Brian Blessed talk, go and watch him because the man's a national treasure and he's fantastic. 
The only issue is his stories are basically identical from show to show. So once you've recorded it a couple of times, there's not really much need to do it again. So he was brilliant. I did actually watch like half of that panel, but um, it's the same stories kind of remixed in a slightly different order. Didn't record that one. There was a Harry Potter panel with Oliver and James Phelps and Bonnie Wright, who were basically the um, Weasley kids. They were brilliant. And that was a wonderful panel. They have a huge hall where they do these talks. And it was absolutely rammed. I mean, if you ever wanted evidence for why Warner Brothers want to make that Harry Potter TV series. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I mean, you just needed to look at that room. The other panels, you know, there's a sort of row of, of sort of flat seats. And then there's a sort of tiered set of seats at the back. And quite often there'll be a few people in the tiered seats, but, you know, mainly it will be just flat sort of rows at the front. And then you got to the Harry Potter panel and it was, I mean, same with the Supernatural panel, actually. I mean, it, it, it was just like rammed right up to the back. But they were great. And I mean, Oliver and James were wonderful. I rather suspect that the reason that they didn't want that one filming was just in case anybody threw in a question about JK Rowling. Right. I don't know that yeah. for a fact, but that would sort of make sense. See, the thing with that is what you just mentioned. While I fully agree with what you just said about like the popularity and the, the fan base and stuff. And obviously the games has come out, which doesn't even have any of those characters in it. And yeah. the character that you yourself create, it's the love for that world and stuff. See, the double-edged sword part of that is because that cast is, you know, beloved. The issue you have there is, okay, yeah, you know, packed convention thing because people love all the cast and all that. The problem with the TV thing, okay, it's more Harry Potter stuff, but one of the beloved things about your films is the cast as those characters. And if you're recasting everybody, that won't work the same way. It will still be that world, which again is why the game did so well and stuff, because people and obviously, you know, fans have been dreaming for that game for about, you know, 20 years or so. It's the same with, you know, you go back to uh, the two guys from Supernatural, but let's say that got rebooted and all those, I know there's like fewer characters, but if the two guys got recast, it would kind of be, it doesn't have the same kind of effect, I suppose. That is sort of true with Supernatural is and as they proved with the various spin-offs and stuff or attempts mm. at doing spin-offs and things Supernatural really is Jared and Jensen yeah, and yeah. it's so much those two guys that it's very difficult to do anything with Supernatural that isn't those guys mm. um, and that's going to be the interesting thing with the new TV show with Harry Potter is if you can get the casting right it could be amazing but the mm. problem is that big challenge it is a huge challenge for them yeah. to do that and I, I, I do get the understanding of why they want to make a TV show because there is a lot missing from the films that was in the books and you just couldn't fit it into like a two and a half hour film. And when you're doing like, you know, if you're doing 10 hours of a season one of a TV show, Mm. you you can fit a lot more of that book in. So I sort of get the reasoning behind it, but Mm. I think, as you say, they're instantly, whoever they cast is going to get compared to Daniel Radcliffe and to, you know, Oliver and James. All the others. Yeah. 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 And Bonnie. And yeah. It's a bit the same with, let's say like, Two other examples is Back to the Future and Falls and Horses, like the two leads of those two. Imagine if you yeah. rebooted and recut like that. That's that, that's nearly unthinkable. If yeah. you had somebody, I mean, nobody as good as you know all the other actors are in the world. Nobody else could play you know Del Boy in the same way, or nobody else could play Doc in the same way on uh, Back yeah. to the Future. There's a certain magic that because um, I'm all for recasting in certain situations, like if an actor contract runs out or like in in the Batwoman situation, that that type of thing. But anyway, we'll see what they what they do with this so yeah so but i mean the the panel with uh, those as i say oliver and james phelps and bonnie wright 
for that. And uh, all three of them were, were really just wonderful, gave some great answers. Unfortunately, weren't allowed to record that one. Also wasn't allowed to record the Doctor Who panel, which was Freema Adjman. And I suspect that the reason that she didn't want that recording could very well have been to do with the 60th anniversary because the inevitable mm-hmm. question, I mean, somebody did throw the question of, are you going to be in the 60th anniversary? Uh, and the answer she gave was, I would say, unconvincingly evasive, <laughs> with the way I put it. Um, mm. She was sort of stumbling over it, and it certainly wasn't a sort of outright no. It was more a kind of wait and see. And and I, I think it's one of those situations where she may just be playing but I wouldn't be entirely surprised if she happens to show up. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are a number of ex-companions that show up in that 60th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, like a big episode. So, right well, yeah, because it's, it, it's three yeah. Well, it's three big episodes uh, with the David Tennant returning ones. Um, mm-hmm. So it wouldn't shock me if we see Freema in those episodes, given how she was talking in that. I haven't watched Doctor Who for a bit. Who, who does she play? Freema was Martha back in David Tennant's days. Okay, I can't quite think back to those days. But, uh, Martha um, was the companion after Rose. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I know who that is. Yeah, that was, that was quite a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Freema, she, more recently she's been on New Amsterdam. Yeah, I mean, the, the entire panel was about Doctor Who. And uh, yeah, yeah, she was great. It was It was a really lovely, you know, panel for that. But again, wasn't allowed to record it. Uh, but yeah, there were, as I say, Smallville is up, Supernatural is up, Vikings should be up by the time this show goes out, and Firefly may or may not be up. I'm not entirely sure how well that's going to work yet, but uh, we'll see. And there's also some stuff for the Cosplay Masquerade. So uh, go and check out youtube.com forward slash geektown for all that sort of stuff coming soon. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> 
wasn't from the main networks. It was from Netflix and it was Lockwood and Co, which they cancelled after one season, basically claiming that the numbers weren't high enough. I mean, they even went as far as sort of people. There was reports saying that Netflix internally liked the show a lot, but the numbers weren't high enough. I mean, it, it really did sound like it's sort of algorithm says no, because it was liked by Netflix. I don't see how the numbers weren't high enough when literally every time Netflix renewed anything and they posted it to Twitter, there was always two or three comments underneath going, when are you renewing Lockwood & Co? You know, um, mm. I mean, it may have been saw, the same people every time. I saw time, something but- similar. I saw when they posted the um, Chicken Run cast for the new yeah. film and there was 15 to 30, somewhere in that ballpark comments and none of them about the actual casting. All of them were like GIFs or videos or YouTube videos or pictures of Lockwood & Co. Yeah. With like, when, it, when are you renewing Lockwood & Co? And I was like, oh, okay, so I knew it was like popular and stuff, but to basically going on to every Netflix post and, you know, posting that. So yeah, it's weird. I don't understand how it can't have the numbers. I mean, it may be a very small but very vocal fan base, which I mean is entirely possible, but it's just very odd, you know, because as I said, the reports were that they liked it internally at Netflix. It just didn't have the numbers to continue. I mean, I suppose there were a lot of effects in it, so maybe it was more expensive than it possibly could have been, but Mm. it's an odd one. Circles back round to the old problem that we've been saying. Netflix has really dug itself into this hole of Netflix makes a show, they don't advertise it particularly well, or even when they do, people are now so suspicious of Netflix because of the fact that they've got this reputation for cancelling things. They don't start watching it until they know it's got a second season. And then that drives the numbers down. So it doesn't get the numbers that it probably should. And they end up cancelling it. So mm. They got themselves into a bad cycle, I would say. And the, yeah. the, the other one that, I, that I've mentioned before is cancelling a show that's popular, then making like roughly 10 other things that nobody ever hears about. Mm-hmm. And then, so that money then gets wasted when that money could have been put towards the other show. I mean, they, they've been a little bit better with it recently because they did renew, was it Diplomat and Night Agent? Yeah. Uh, they renewed those two, which I was actually sort of surprised by. And I thought, oh, well, ne- maybe Netflix might like correct itself a bit. I mean, they can't cancel every single big show they have because they won't have any left. Yeah. Uh, so they do have to renew, you know, things now and again. But it seems that, say, take three shows, they renew two of them, you cancel one of them. The one show that you still cancel still continues to annoy people. So, yeah, they they got they to still do some course correcting. But I think it was you and Gray had said before about it, you know, the weeks had kept going on since uh, they, they put the, this show out and they hadn't uh, said yeah. anything about it. Yeah, and everybody that did see it seemed to say, oh, it's a really good show. And, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Out of those teen magic drama things that they've been doing yeah because they do an awful lot of them i mean it's fair to say this i thought was really interesting it was fun it was funny they've got a whole bunch of source material they can work off uh written by joe cornish directed by him i think as well you know they did a really good job in putting it together and i it's just a real shame because it was a decent show that's got canned because of numbers. Real pity, that one. But back to the US networks, as I say, there were, although there wasn't a sort of single bloodbath night, there were a bunch of cancellations last week. So uh, Fantasy Island cancelled after two seasons, which had literally just started airing in the UK, but uh, that's season one. So at least there is another season of that to come. It's fine. 
that show. It's relatively low budget. Um, I think it's a co-production with Sony, but they work it on a fairly low budget model. So like, although his numbers weren't great, there was some thought that that may actually be saved because it's not very expensive for them to make. But even that didn't save it after two seasons. So that has gone. Call Me Cat, which is the uh, Mayan Bialik remake of Miranda, the British show, that's scraped through its first three seasons. And I mean, its numbers have not been great and they kind of renewed it, I think, because of the fact that it's Mayan Bialik who was on Big Bang Theory as Mm. the lead. Uh, But they finally put that out of its misery and that's... um, so that's gone after three seasons. Over at ABC, they've cancelled Big Sky after three seasons, which, I mean, that's a massive fall from grace because that was a huge show when it launched yeah. and then just really dropped off. That's gone after three seasons. I think the numbers have just tanked. That first season was so, so good because I think it was in two halves or something. The um, first half they- of the first season was so good. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, and then they introduced this like ranch sort of storyline and that was like an odd attachment to it. Mm -hmm. And then season two, I think it was, they just introduced like three or four other things that were just, they were all right, but they were unnecessary. Yeah. And then never quite got around to, I mean, I don't know where that show is now, but I look back on that now and think maybe you should have done that as like a one season. Well, you see. for Roland type of thing. I think it was. I think it was planned as a one season show and then the numbers got so big that they sort of extended it which is why that first season feels so disjointed because it was sort of supposed to wrap i think after that first season you know after that first half of that first season they kind of written that as a self-contained thing and then they got asked to do more and they were like oh okay then and sort of scrambled to put a story together and that's why it feels a bit all over the place and it never really recovered from that unfortunately so i mean it made three seasons but that is no longer coming back Alaska Daily and the company you keep have both been cancelled after one season as well. Alaska Daily's numbers have just been terrible. Company you keep, I think, was um, Milo Ventimiglia's show. They thought that might survive because of the fact that it was Milo in the lead, but that has gone as well. Over at CBS, they've done most of their cancellations and renewals, but there were a couple of things left behind, and uh, that was True Lies, and there was a show called East New York as well, which was a procedural cop thing. Both of those being canned after one season. The numbers for True Lies were diabolical. East New York, it was between that and another show, uh, which we'll just go on to in a minute, and um, it lost out, basically, in that battle. And um, CW cancelled three things, which was Kung Fu, which I think had had three seasons. They've decided to end that. Winchester's, which was the Supernatural spin-off, and Walker Independence, which was the spin-off from Walker. They, so three seasons of Kung Fu, and then the other two were on their first seasons. So were all three of those have been canned. I think they're trying to ship them round to, to other places, but I don't necessarily see them landing anywhere. Mm. So CW's always been a little bit up in the air because of the Next Star takeover thing that all happened last year. They're under new management, and the new management is ditching a lot of their scripted content in favour of buying in cheap sort of UK, Canadian, foreign imports. And on top of that, they're like upping things like reality TV and also sports like golf and stuff. So it's, it's a, I don't know what it's supposed to be in terms of, because it was always a teen channel and it's clearly not that anymore. 
So it's so they got a new person in charge then. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess last year because they were originally owned by Paramount and Warner Brothers, and then last year they were sold to Nexstar because Paramount and Warner Brothers used to run it at a loss. It was designed as a shop window to be able to put these shows on, which were then sold to places like Netflix in the US afterwards. And they made the money back by selling the shows on and also selling them internationally. That's how they made money. The channel itself was running at a loss. The problem is that now you've got Paramount Plus and you've got Max, they don't really need a broadcast channel to be able to showcase drama. So it was sort of surplus to requirements. So they decided they were going to sell it off. And the people that bought it need to actually make money out of the network. And that means a wholesale change of the programming and to making the programming a lot cheaper, which is what they're trying to do. So that's why they've ditched a lot of the scripted shows. So, I mean, Mm. I understand where they're coming from. It just kind of sucks if you're a fan of the content that was on the CW, you know. That's quite the swing going from DC stuff and the 100 and Supernatural to go from reality TV. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some of those audiences cross over, but still, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at the moment, if we flip onto the renewals, they have renewed one show, which is Walker, the Jared Padalecki series. They've renewed the main show, even though they cancelled the spin-off, but that's renewed for a full season. I think the only other thing they've renewed up until this point is All-American. And the only reason they've renewed All-American, because I think that was part of the contractual sort of deal thing when they bought the network, was they needed to give that show another season. It was sort of tied up in the whole process. So they've only really renewed Walker, which sort of makes sense because it sounds like they're going for a slightly older demographic rather than going for a teen audience. And Walker is a kind of cowboy show basically right right. um so it sort of makes sense that that's the show that they've renewed in terms of other renewals over at cbs uh, this sort of happened on the monday after we recorded the show so i did actually record a little insert to go in but swat got uncancelled from being cancelled last week which is unheard of i mean that just doesn't happen we've had shows that like magnum for example which were cancelled at cbs but moved on to NBC because NBC made the show. So they went, oh, we'll just air it on our own network. It's incredibly rare for a show to be cancelled and there'd be such an outcry about the show that they then go, actually, we'll give it a final season on the same network. You know, I mean, we've had things like Manifest, for example, which was cancelled at NBC, but Netflix picked it up. So you, you have those sort of things which are saved by a different channel or network or streaming service. It's very rare for an actual network that cancels a show to change their minds. And that's what they did with this. So it's renewed for a seventh and final season. But that was the show that was basically the ratings were almost identical for SWAT and East New York. And I think the renewal of SWAT got East New York cancelled by the sounds of it. I'm glad to have SWAT back, even if it is only for one final season. But it felt a little sort of bitter, the fact that they'd cancelled that without giving them a chance to wrap it up properly. Given that Sherman Moore, who is the lead on the show, it's basically said that, I mean, he raged at them and basically was going, you know, you were telling us until literally the week before it was cancelled that we were going to get renewed. And then you cancelled us. You know, that's not okay. So thankfully, they've kind of changed their mind on that. So SWAT is back for a final season. Uh, Digman, which is a uh, animated comedy that's airing on Comedy Central here and Comedy Central in the US, which is part of Paramount CBS. 
that's been renewed for a second season. That's Andy Samberg, I think, is voicing that show. That, that's mm. been picked up for another season as well. Uh, over at NBC, they have renewed one thing this week. That is Lopez versus Lopez for season two, which, I mean, that has horrendous ratings as well. It's uh, George, George Lopez and his daughter. It's a sort of fairly bog standard family sitcom. Ratings are terrible, but NBC seems to have a policy of not cancelling sitcoms in their first season and at least giving them two seasons to try and find a footing. So that's been renewed, even though it probably shouldn't be. No renewals this week on ABC, because I think they've done quite a lot of their stuff. They've got a couple of things left outstanding. Uh, Fox renewed a thing called Animal Control, which is a Joel McHale live-action comedy. So that's been renewed for a second season. That's not aired over here. Walker, as I said, renewed on um, CW as well. Uh, There was one UK renewal, which is The Outlaws, the Stephen Merchant series. That's been renewed for season three on the BBC. Interestingly, in the cast list, when you read through it, there's no Christopher Walken listed in there who's been in the first couple of seasons. I don't know whether somebody like missed him off or whether he's just not in that third season. I don't know. But um, he was notably absent in the cast list. Uh, did you watch any of that? I watched the first season. I haven't caught the second one. I went to a couple of times, but n- never sort of did. Just I don't click on some BBC in it. I just don't yeah, click I know, on I'm, uh, like BBC that, that much. So. Yeah. Looking through all those shows, actually, the cancellations and renewals so far. I mean, Fantasy Island does air here, but only just started airing. Big Sky, Alaska Daily technically do here. True Lies does air here as well. But all the other stuff doesn't. So from a UK point of view, I mean, we've skirted round quite a lot of them. And I mean, a lot of those are one season shows as well. You know, I mean, True Lies was on its first season. Fancy Island, technically second season, but it has only just started airing. And Alaska Daily was the first season. So you're not, we've not lost a huge amount from that. Not too bad. Yeah. There are a number of things still MIA at the time of recording. This may change over the next couple of days, even before the show goes up. So CBS have done all their cancellations and renewals. So everything is sorted. If it's on a show on CBS, it's either been cancelled or renewed. Fox have one show left, which is called Welcome to Flatch. That's the US version of this country, the British TV show. That is still hanging in the balance. We don't know which way that's going to go. CW have three shows left. There's Superman and Lois, which they haven't renewed or cancelled, Gotham Knights and All-American Homecoming. The suggestion is that if, and it is a big if, they are going to renew any of those, it's likely to be All-American Homecoming to run alongside All-American and one of the two DC shows. Now, out of those, given that Superman and Lois's ratings are a lot higher than Gotham Knights, you'd think that Superman would be the shoe-in for that. But Superman and Lois is a lot more expensive than Gotham Knights to make. It, it looks it, yeah. Yeah. We've only seen bits and pieces of Gotham Knights because that's not airing here. But I mean, from what we've seen, Gotham Knights looks more sort of Arrowverse-y level, whereas Superman and Lois does seem to have had a lot more money spent on it. So there is another possibility in that if they want to keep Superman and Lois around, it may get cancelled on the CW, but shifted across to Max. and then Gotham Knights gets renewed on the CW. So that's one possibility. I mean, it may be that they just can all of them because the other thing you've got to factor into that is you've got the new James Gunn, Peter Saffron, DC stuff happening and whether they want either of these shows in there muddying the waters of that. That's a good point, especially considering he's writing and directing the new Superman Superman film. Yeah. And I wonder if he'd look at Superman and Lois sort of getting in the way of that. Yeah. And I mean, from a numbers point of view, 
the numbers would justify them probably saving it and moving it to max. It's just whether it fits into the overall plan or not, or whether they're prepared to just run it as an Elseworlds thing and still have it out there. Uh, Gotham Knights might get renewed on CW, but I don't see that getting moved across, if that is the case. Mm. Don't know exactly with those. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, CW isn't doing an upfront this year. So there's no rush for them to cancel or renew anything necessarily. CBS actually isn't doing an upfront either, but which is why they've announced all their cancellations and renewals and they've announced some new shows as well, which we'll come to in a minute. But that's why CBS of all their stuff is already cancelled. Um, over at ABC, they've got three shows outstanding, not Dead Yet, which we were talking about earlier, The Connors and Rookie Feds. So those three still don't have an answer yet. NBC has three shows. They're all kind of comedy side. One is Grand Crew. One is American Auto, which is from the Superstore guys. And Young Rock as well. There's been no news of. So uh, don't know which way those three will go. I, again, the numbers are a bit all over the place for some of those, but it's whether they decide they want to bring those shows back. I mean, the other issue you've got as well, of course, is the writer's strike is still on, and that may affect things that get yeah. picked up and renewed because... I think sometimes they feel better the devil, you know, which I think was part of it with SWAT actually was a case of SWAT was the bigger brand and it's easier to keep that show around and get them back into production relatively quickly, I think, mm-hmm. was the thinking behind bringing that back. Uh, rather than trying to launch a new show, you know, from the ground up, there was a, a certain amount of that. And um, things with the right strikers, which we were talking about in detail last week, may affect what gets picked up and what doesn't. That American Auto, I saw a trailer uh, when I was watching probably Barry or something. I found out it was from the Superstore writers, which is also the Office writers, or some of them anyway. Yes. Because uh, it sort of went from one show to the next, which I, I enjoyed both those shows. I think it was like streaming season three soon. I, I wasn't even aware of the show's existence until then, but that looked kind of kind of decent. I saw there were some similar cast members as well from yeah. Superstore. Kind of an odd thing I've noticed on Sky, they play all their trailers muted. Oh, as well so because i was watching barry yesterday and sometimes they do like themed trailers one of the trailers they had was like shows about tough survival and stuff one of them was last of us and then there were two other sort of crime shows or something but no the trailers are always muted very um very strange yeah you're watching that on is that on now you're watching that yeah yeah okay I think so. Um, but American Auto looked kind of interesting, but I guess I'll wait to see if it gets renewed or not. Uh, yeah. I think the first, because they said the first two seasons are on um, Sky and the third one. I think the third one's coming soon or something like that anyway. So, yeah. So there are still a number of things outstanding. Like I say, by the time this goes up, because recording this on Monday, some of the, the upfronts this week, NBC and Fox are actually today. Disney are doing an upfront tomorrow. That's Tuesday, 16th. And I think Warner Netflix are doing upfronts on the 17th on Wednesday. So there should be a bunch of new shows announced over the next few days as well. And we may get some more of these cancellations and renewals. So we'll see. In terms of some pickups on other news, we have now got air dates for Law and Order Organised Crime and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Uh, So Organised Crime coming on the 22nd of May at 10pm. Special Victims Unit coming on the 23rd of May at 10pm. The slight issue with this is uh, Law and Order, the main series, isn't airing in the UK at all. And those opening episodes are part of a three-part crossover which ends with the main law and order series so 
that's seems a bit to be of a happening. problem more and more. Yeah, because um, it happened that time with Batwoman, didn't it? And then there yeah. was another. There's a couple of other shows you've mentioned over the couple, over the years that like been a crossover of three or four episodes, but one of them's missing because the show's not been picked up or mm. becoming an annoying regular occurrence. What's particularly weird about that main Law and Order show not being picked up though? It's a revival of the original series, so uh-huh. um, and it came back last year, so we're actually a season behind anyway from the revival. So this is the second season of the revival. But it's really weird in the Sky Air literally every other Dick Wolf show because Dick Wolf is the person that's behind all the Law and Orders, all the Chicago and all the FBI franchise. And even though they're on different networks in the US, Sky Witness airs them all in the UK. The only Dick Wolf show that they don't actually air, which is, you know, a regular procedural, is the main Law and Order series. So I don't know why they haven't picked that up. I don't know whether it's maybe it's gone to somebody else for some reason and they just haven't announced it. Although, as I say, we're already a season behind. So that that seems weird if that's the case. Maybe they're asking an astronomical price for it and it's just not worth the money to them. It's odd. It's really odd that like they, they literally air every other major Dick Wolf series except the main law and order. It's really strange. And I, I don't mm. know why they've not picked it up, but they haven't. So it means the third part of that will be missing. Sorry. One thing they have picked up from the US is the uh, Peacock series Poker Face, which is from Ryan Johnson. It stars Natasha Leon from Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll. She plays a character called Charlie Kale, who has the extraordinary ability to determine when somebody's lying. She hits the road Mm. in a Plymouth Barracuda and with every stop encounters a new cast of characters and strange crimes that she can't help but solve. So it's sort of a a detective series, which of course, I mean, Ryan Johnson was a person behind Knives Out and Mm -hmm. uh, that set of movies. It's been getting, yeah, it's been getting amazing reviews, this show. So everybody that's seen it is saying, you really have to watch this series. Friday, 26th of May on Sky Max, Poker Faces Landing. It's supposed to be very, very, very good. Natasha Lyon is brilliant as well. She was great in Orange is the New Black. Russian Doll was super. I'm really interested in seeing this. I could sort of see her doing this sort of detective thing as well. It's very much in Mm. character for her. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this looks like it's really fun and sounds like it's got an awful lot of cameos from, you know, or people that come in like high profile names that come in and do guest spots for each episode because it is a sort of, you know, crime of the week kind of thing. That looks like it's going to be a really fun theory. I think I'd seen a, a trailer for that at some point and then briefly forgotten about it, but now you've mentioned it. So it's really cool. Um, Yeah, this sounds perfect for her. You know, Russian Doll I had a bit of a better first season. Obviously, the second season tried to be a bit more experimental, which which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Has that got a third? season on the way no no i think they've ended it now okay that's that's fine i mean it ended Um, well so yeah you don't want to you know run things on too long than that but no it sounds like another really good gig for her Uh, like you said orange is new black and russian doll she was really really good in this sounds um very good as well yeah so called poker face it's uh 26th of may on sky max and on next week now yeah next week or the week after so yeah soon soon Yes. Jack Ryan has now got premiere date as well. That's coming 30th of June for its fourth and final season. That's on Prime Video. Interestingly, they didn't mention the spin-off when they announced this, because there is 
potentially a spin-off coming from Jack Ryan, which follows a different character who's introduced in season four. But yes, the main Jack Ryan show, I think probably because John Krasinski is getting a little bit busy, that will be uh, coming on the 30th of June on Prime Video. Forward to that. Have you watched the second, the third one yet? Because you hadn't, I think, last time. Yeah, I did. It was good. I didn't think it was as good as the yeah, previous two. I but, think um, Yeah, I saw, I think I saw a Twitter page posted a, like a poster for this week and a half ago or so. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's very soon. It is. Of, of June because I was like oh it'll be end of the year or early next you know in about six to eight months or something yeah yeah because it uh, was it was like November or something when the last one came out it, it, it wasn't that long ago yeah, yeah it really wasn't that long ago so I think they must have shot them back to back and Possibly. uh Great. I'm I'm really enjoyed that series, so I'm glad that it's coming back. A couple of other big things coming back as well. Foundation, that returns on the 14th of July on Apple TV for season two. I really love the first season of this. You cannot look at your phone while you're watching that show. No, Because if no, you do you that won't. for even 10 seconds, you'll be totally Nothing lost. Nothing will make sense, yes. Yeah, yeah, you really, really got to pay attention to that one. It's very, very rewarding if you do do that. Mm-hmm. I remember when you was um, praising the show when it came out and... I'd sort of just gotten into Apple TV or something like that. And then I slowly, bit by bit, sort of watched it. Just got better and better and better. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of sort of mental focus and concentration to watch the show, <laughs> but it's, it's really, really rewarding if you if you do that. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. Also, this will be, because I had just 10 episodes ready to go, this will be sort of, you know, paced out a bit more. Yes. it will be, I assume. Um, I mean, they might put two or three out at the start, but it'll be, they'll put it out week to week eventually. So yeah. how many seasons of that could there be? Because I'm not familiar with the... I'm not familiar with the books either there are a number of them so i think it could go for a while yet but mm. uh, yeah i mean you know I, I think it's one of those shows that they'll make do it for as long as they have source material i think yeah a show that's moving beyond its source material actually good omens also has a date season two of that 28th of july on prime for that that's going to be an interesting one because the first one was based on the book the second one is past the source material but i think there was a bit of an outline that they'd worked out with terry pratchett before he died on what they were sort of talking about doing for a second book and then they never got around to actually writing it so it's sort of neil gaiman and terry pratchett's ideas and then gaiman's actually turned it into a bit more of a series fully formed thing to make the second season so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that because Michael Sheen and David Tennant are hilarious. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be sl- somewhat sceptical in terms of what it will be, but I trust that the people that are doing it and certainly the people that are in the show to do a good job. I mean, you know, Michael Sheen, David Tennant, they don't really let you down, do they? No, so, never. Um, <laughs> e- even if it's just on a video call episode of TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which yes. they have done. Yes, those those stage things are, are possibly some of the funniest things I've ever seen do. I mean, they really are hilarious. All three seasons are up on, um, if you go to ITVX Premium, because they, they're actually technically part of BritBox, I think. But if you get yeah. an ITX, ITVX Premium subscription, you can watch them on ITVX. Moving on to some new shows which are coming. Well, new-ish, some of these, because there are sort of remakes and um, continuation series. But CBS has ordered three things to replace some of the stuff that they've cancelled. There is a Matlock TV series, which, I mean, Matlock is... Uh, are you even aware of the name Matlock? I don't know whether it means anything to you. Well, the first half of it is part of my name, but no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Matlock is a TV series from 80s, 
I think was okay. was originally sort of out. The original Matlock ran for like 193 episodes. So um, mm. it was a huge procedural legal mystery drama thing. That was the original show. They're now making a new version of it. It was a male lead in the original series, and it's going to be Kathy Bates as the lead in this one. It's a complete reboot. She's a septuagenarian Madeline Matty Matlock who achieves success in her younger years and decides to rejoin the workforce at a prestigious law firm where she uses her unassuming demeanour and witty tactics to win cases and expose corruption from within. So it's inspired by the classic television series and it's got Jason Ritter in there as well. Leah Lewis is one of the characters. It's written by uh, Jeannie Snyder Ehrman, who wrote on Jane the Virgin. It's one of those that I think is going to be a pretty much by the numbers, legal procedural dramedy series in the vein of your sort of Columbos or your Bulls or those sort of things. But Kathy Bates is a fantastic actress. And I think the setup is fun enough. The idea of it's sort of an unassuming older person that's kind of solving these crimes. I mean, it's not exactly original. I mean, clearly, because it's based on an old TV show and it's, you know, but even in that, we've seen this sort of thing happen numerous times before. But I still think this has some potential to it. Sometimes in this case, though, a more basic show can be uplifted by an actor who's, you know, got some good talent. So, yeah, Kathy Bates, who I've seen... Well, I've seen her in most American Horror Story things, Probably, yes. which, you know, aren't the most serious things, but she's still very good in those. So, um, yeah, she may be able to uh, uplift the more basic aspects of the show, possibly. Yeah, I mean, multi-award winning actress, mm-hmm. uh, been in a whole bunch of movies. Misery is the thing that I always remember before with uh, James Caan. And uh, I mean, if you've not seen that film, go watch that film. It's incredible. Fantastic actress. And I can see that working. So uh, that's Matlock. Uh, obviously no UK air dates for any of these they've been picked up by CBS so hopefully they'll land over here the second thing they've picked up is a continuation series it's called Elspeth it's Carrie Preston reprising a role from The Good Wife and The Good Fight as Elspeth an astute and unconventional attorney who after a successful career in Chicago utilises her singular point of view to make unique observations and corner brilliant criminals alongside the NYPD it's basically taking that character from The Good Wife, The Good Fight, and moving her to New York and basing a show around her. Got Wendell Pierce, who uh, is also in Jack Ryan, actually, but uh, he is also starring in this. It's from Jonathan Tollins, who is serving showrunner, who worked on The Good Fight, and it's also written and exec produced by Robert King and Michelle King, who are the people that were behind The Good Wife, The Good Fight, and also evil, randomly, as well. Basically, The Good Wife, The Good Fight team on another show. So have all those shows finished? The, the original yes. bunch? Yes, the original so ones are So this is a spin-off continuation? Yes. Or revival, as you could, you could call it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, spin-off so, continuation. It's a bit like really. 24, Live Another Day. Yeah. Sort of. kind of following yeah. a different character because <laughs> I think she was a side character in one of the in the I mean I've never seen the other two shows so I'm not entirely sure yeah, but I, I think I she was a, any of them so. I think she was a side character and he's now going to be the mainly on this hmm. and the third thing they've picked up is called Popper's House which is standard traditional multi-camera sitcom it's from the Waynes family so it's Damon Wayne Sr as the legendary talk show host and happily divorced Popper, who has his point of view challenged at work when a new female co-host played by Essence Atkins, who was in Marlon and the First Wife Club, is hired and at home where he finds himself still parenting his adult son, which is played by his actual son, Damon mm. Wayne Jr., 
who is in Happy Together and New Girl, a brilliant dreamer who is trying to pursue his passion while being a responsible father and husband. From Kevin Hench, who worked on Last Man Standing, who wrote the pilot with Wayne Senior, and it's basically the Wayne's family producing. So if you're a fan of the Wayne's family, I mean, it's entirely their project, essentially. (laughs) I mean, it sounds pretty much like a straightforward sitcom. It depends if you like that sort of humour. Well, as I've kind of said a few times, we don't have as many multicam sitcoms as we used to. Yeah. I really like that format, and it's very sort of straightforward and classic and, you know, has birthed a lot of classic, you know, things like Friends. Uh, How Many Mother, all those kinds of things. Uh, Big Bang Theory as well. Okay, not everybody's a fan of all those, but I I like those shows. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who that person played on New Girl, because I really, really Uh, like New Girl. He was Coach, the one that sort of was in the pilot and then disappeared and then sort of came back a little bit later. Yeah, he was a bit in and out of the show, but still a very good character. So um, this might be something I I pick up, because I'm I'm after more of these kind of shows. Obviously, I'm trying to work my way through um, How I Met Your Father as well. So yeah, we just don't really, we, we still get comedies, you know, and, you know, comedy TV shows, but this specific format, I'd say in the last five to 10 years, we haven't had as many new ones. Uh, I mean, things like, you know, Two Broke Girls got, you know, went off the air, Big Bang Theory finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with spinoffs like Young, Young Sheldon, that's not the same, okay, it's a spinoff no, of that show, but that's not the same format. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what do you think of kind of the state of these, these types yeah, of shows? I mean, they are still out there. I think it's a difficult format to pull off, mm. and particularly in in the wake of things like Kevin Kinef himself, which sort of exposes mm. that kind of multi-cam th- I mean, that was genius, that show. Um, yeah, I'd the, like to see the second season if yes, AMC ever if, wants to show it to me. Yes, if, if somebody <laughs> ever actually wants to pick up the second season of that, I would very, very happily see. But, yeah, definitely. Because um, I mean, that, that was a brilliant show in that it was based around the idea of a multi-cam sitcom, but what happens when the camera sort of leaves the room and follows and what it would be like to actually live with those people. Yeah, so it's a mixture a of multi-cam idea. and a single camera. Um, mm. I, just superb that mm. you then go and look at that and sort of exposes what that kind of format is but i still think there is a place for it and um i I think it's just a very difficult thing to pull off successfully i mean for your friends and your big bang theories there are an awful lot of just run-of-the-mill so many of those sort of multi-cam things that have been kind of kicking around and i mean i think they are more of them in america that just haven't aired over here because they're just not very good Um, yeah yeah but they're relatively cheap to make as a sort of base level, I think, because it's a bunch of standing sets in that, you know, you're not filming a bunch of things on location. You're in a studio mm. filled with the same sets every week. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're cheaper things to make, I guess, but they're just a very, very difficult thing to pull off and make well. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see what this one's like. Yeah. So, these are ordered the series, these three? Yes. Or, or they are, up, or? So, uh, Matlock, Elspeth, and Papa's House, those are picked up to series. They're on CBS. We don't know where they'll land over here or if they'll land over here because, I mean, you'd think they'd land on sort of maybe Paramount Plus because we have Paramount Plus over here and CBS is part of Paramount. Mm -hmm. Automatically go to that, but that doesn't seem to be how it works. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, sometimes it's because they're done with an outside studio and, you know, Paramount doesn't have the international rights, but even when they do have the international rights, they sometimes make more money selling it on to somebody else. Yeah. Wasn't it supposed to be that like NBC shows are picked up on Sky and there's also the Peacock thing, Mm -hmm. which they've sort of dropped, but never really quite. Yes. Not officially, but unofficially have dropped. Yes. Um, And then the CBS, which used to be CBS All Access, which started like Discovery and that. Yeah. Which is Paramount. Paramount. 
plus. Yeah. So yeah, those those should work that way, but I suppose it's not always the way that works. Yeah, no. I mean, so it's yeah. just because in some cases the international rights are different, but in some cases it's literally there are shows that are made by NBC that rather than doing a deal to put them on Sky, they make more money selling them to somebody else mm. internationally, so they sell them to somebody else. And it's the same with Paramount. It's just the way of it. Unfortunately, they don't automatically come across. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We've got Heartland, which is a Canadian series. It's set family drama set in the rolling foothills of the Rockies. That's returning for its 16th season. That's on Netflix on the 17th of May. Also the 17th of May, Abbott's Elementary returns for the second half of the second season. That's on Disney+. Plus. The Shy returns for its fifth season. That's 17th of May as well. That's on Disney+. Plus. And uh, on the 18th of May, there is a new show called The Last King of the Cross. That's a limited series coming to Sky Max, 18th of May at 9pm. Inspired by a best-selling book, the Australian drama follows John Imram's rise from a poverty-stricken immigrant with no education, no money and no prospects to Australia's most infamous nightclub mogul. It's a limited series and that's coming to Sky Max on the 18th of May at 9pm called The Last King of the Cross. Uh, Primo, which is an Amazon freebie series coming on the 19th, coming-of-age comedy from New York Times bestselling author Shea Serrano and Emmy-winning producer Michael Sur about a wide-eyed 16-year-old being raised by his clever mother, Dre, and his five overbearing uncles. The fact that it's Michael Shaw behind it, who mm. was the good place person. Lots of good stuff, yeah. And lots of other... So, uh, called Primo. That's coming to Amazon Freebie, and that's on the 19th of May. As we mentioned earlier, Law & Order, Organised Crime, third season of That lands on the 22nd of May at 10pm. Uh, it's followed on the 23rd at 10pm by Special Victims Unit. And uh, also on the 22nd, The Connors returns for its fifth season. That's on Sky Comedy at 8. So that's all the stuff coming next week. If they want to find more information about your stuff, where can they find you? They can head over to entertainmenttalk.org or look for the same name on your podcast platforms for TV, games, films, main night podcasts. been trying to get out to review Guardians 3, but I was not as well at the weekend, so I'll be reviewing that soon. It's obviously the big finale to, to all of that. And James Gunn's last yeah, Marvel film before he goes over to DC. So, uh, But we're still doing gaming talk. Um, there's going to be some showcases coming up soon, so we'll be talking about all that. And obviously there's Ted Lasso, which I think has been very, very good this season. I think it's been his best season so far and if you want to see more of us uh, Anna Waddington you yes. would have seen at Eurovision she's doing very very well over on yeah. Ted Lasso so uh, that's been very very good um, United cast heading towards the end of the season got a few games left of the league and then of course that little FA Cup final against Man City so I <laughs> uh, got that and that's my stuff at the moment and also if Real Madrid could beat Man City on Wednesday that would be very 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 helpful <laughs> so yes because uh, yes, we don't want City winning the treble um, that would be very <laughs> Very, very bad. But uh, anyway, that's uh, my stuff. You can also follow me, uh, let's say, between Mondays and Wednesdays on Twitch at eTalk UK and on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Uh, the Twitch thing I'm referring to is the career mode stuff. So that is me. Good. So go and check Matt out over on entertainmenttalk.org. For other people involved in the show, you can find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She has also been ill this week, actually. So uh, she, I think he's back up streaming 
this week, but yeah, she's been off last week because she wasn't feeling great. Twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S for that. And Daryl, you can find at HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series you love, which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geekdown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geekdown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.